Welcome to Input GR, a podcast by Dunamis Media. Hey folks, Bruce with Dunamis Media and welcome to Input GR where we ask for your input so we can have a better outcome. And today joining me is Yago Williams. Yago has several ministries that he deals with and uh, he's a very uh, big part of his life and he's going to be telling us about those. But before we get to our guest, I would like to mention the Grand Rapids business today and that is the costume room over on 36th Street, just west of Clyde Park. And uh, they are terrific. Uh, They will help you with your church. They will help you with any kind of costume that you need. Uh, Right now, we are doing the Christmas Carol, and um, they are helping us with um, outfits from the 1800s, and it's very, very cool, Um, very Dickens-like. So if you want any kind of costume, go to the costume room. That's costume with a K. So if uh, you'd like to visit their website, it's costume room, K-O-S-T-U-M-E room.com, and they'll be able to help you. And then at the end of this podcast, I always, as tradition, I always ask my, my guest a Michigan trivia question. So, Yago, welcome. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Bruce. All right, cool. So tell me, Yago, a little bit about your story and uh, how you got here. Okay, great. Um, well, I'm originally from Washington, D.C. I'm not from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. I went to a high school that was for performing arts, mm-hmm. and that's how I heard about Kendall College of Art and Design. So right out of high school, um, I probably worked for maybe two years before I uh, moved up here to Michigan to uh, go to um, Kendall College of Art and Design. And I was there for about two and a half years before I went on a break, mm-hmm. I went on a um, about a seventeen-year break now okay. from, from college. Sure, um, I, I dropped out of uh, Kendall College of Art and Design so I can do um, entrepreneurial door-to-door pharmaceutical sales, sure. or as we like to call it, uh, drug dealing. Drug dealing. Drug mm-hmm. dealing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got involved in um, the club scene here. Um, went out, uh, went out partying and things like that, and. And uh, over time, uh, got a reputation for getting into a lot of fights. Sure. A lot of fights. And then uh, sooner or later, I'm, I'm making friends with uh, people that are involved in drugs. And I started doing them. I started selling them. And then, um, yeah, uh, from there, things uh, pretty much spiraled out of control. Sure. Until about 11 years ago. Now, almost 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I had by this time uh, met and married my wife, and um, but I hadn't really let go of the street life, mm. hadn't really let go of that. Um, so uh, the first two years of our marriage was was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. And um, uh, was your wife in the same position, kind of at the same no, time? No, 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 no. She. <laughs> there's a reason why she's called the better half. No, she. She had a whole lot more wisdom than I did. Actually, she she actually uh, and, and her family went to Res Life long before I did. I see. The Res Life over in Granville. They went to Res Life long before I did. And I actually did not want to go to that church because they were there. Because, uh, you know, after about years of, of, of um, you know, drunken street fights, on and off of drugs, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, there was so much ice around my heart. Um that I let develop that, and I and, and so when I whenever I would go to church, mm-hmm. I was going there earnestly, even though I was going. Sometimes I was drunk or hung, or hungover, 
or coming down or, or what have you. And, and, um, but I was really there, like, you know, hoping that God was going to fix something or, or make something make sense. And, um, I knew that her family was at Res Life in Granville. And I was like, if I go in there, then people are going to be like, oh, I'm so glad to see Yago's at church. And I'm like, look, I'm really not here to hang out. Sure. I'm really here to see if. Uh, you wanted to sit in the back. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. Sit in the back. I, you know, because I just wanted to get one on one with whoever is giving the message. And uh, yeah. like I said, about, you know, um, almost 12 years ago, uh Pastor Dwayne was was giving a message on Easter, of course, mm-hmm. on on Easter, and um, however he fashioned it, I don't remember how he fashioned it, but however he fashioned it, I knew it was for me. I knew sure. that message was for me, yeah. and um, uh, I was <laughs> my my Pontiac Aztec, a super awesome vehicle, was packed with my uh, clothes and mm-hmm. and stuff, and I was I was due to move in at my, into my friend's uh, basement. He and his wife had. I cleared it so that I can move in with uh, there. And I was like, man, this is the last ditch ever. I went down there. Uh, Pastor Dwayne gave his message, and I, I went down there. And the clincher was when Pastor Dwayne said that I believe that something that Jesus is gonna uh, gonna enter your life. He's gonna, but 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 I'm gonna pray for you. And he made this to the whole church. Mm-hmm. He said, I will pray for you for thirty days. And I was like that's for me. I got to get down there. I don't know how this is going to work, but I got to get down there. And, um, that, that began, uh, all, an entire life change. That's cool. That's cool. And, and Yago is your nickname. Correct. Right. Yep. From college. And, and, yep. and Vernon. Yep. Was, was your, was your Vernon. Okay. Vernon so is how'd you get name. the name Yago? Vernon is my name. Uh, Yago is a nickname from college. It was, okay. uh, we, a couple friends started calling me that and, sure. And it just kind of stuck. In fact, in the since uh, let's see, since two thousand one, I think is when Melissa and I first met. I've probably heard my wife say my name Vernon twice, and it was probably at a doctor's office when someone was looking for me. But mm-hmm. <laughs> other than that, it's, it's Yago. Well, that's that is awesome. The one thing I want to do is is talk first about the Conquerors. Yes, um, that is the strength team. Yes, you've been doing that for how many years now? I've been doing it for about twelve years. About twelve years. Yeah. And uh, those who don't know this, um, and I won't steal his thunder, but it they go and break bricks with their <laughs> with their head. They do some crazy things. I'm a worship leader at Men's Breakfast, and one day he actually Yago actually took a frying pan and rolled it up like a burrito <laughs> in his suit. That was the first time you ever did that, right? In the, first in the suit. First time I ever did it in a suit. Yes, <laughs> that was very cool. Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I got involved with the Conquerors. Oh, not not immediately after uh, getting saved. I got saved. Uh, like I said, about 12 years ago, and um, I, I got plugged into the men's ministry right away. Mm-hmm. I got plugged into the men's ministry right away, and a, a buddy of mine had seen me. Uh, he saw me come in to the men's ministry, and his his first words were, oh, man, Yago, are you a conqueror? And I was like, no, who who are the conquerors? He was like, oh, it's a, you got to meet these guys. They're, 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 they do great things. They you know, spread the word of God, and they're some pretty big dudes. And I, I had no interest in the conquerors mm-hmm. or any any big dudes, you know, anything like that, because my, my main concern was my marriage. That was going up in smoke. Okay. And so that's what I told my friend. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm here because uh, me and Melissa are about to get a divorce. And uh, he was like, okay, we'll come sit at our table. And then and that, that's where things started. The rubber started to meet the road, you know, Um I didn't know quite uh, how 
how the Jesus thing works when it goes from the pages of the Bible to an actual life. And getting plugged into the men's ministry is what really started that ball rolling. Okay. And I um but but my buddy wanted me to meet the the conquerors and so he, he introduced me to Mr. Mike Benson, mm-hmm. the brick house. Right. <laughs> That's the reason why they call him the brick house. He's the brick house. So he wanted me to meet Mike and um and uh Mike gave me his card. Greg Molchan, he gave me his card. I saw all these big guys. I think it was Scott Smith, Scott Heisen, Greg Molchan, and, and Mike Benson all sitting at a table. And that's that's a massive group right. of guys. And um I had no interest because I come from a powerlifting bodybuilding background. Mm-hmm. And I just saw them as a, a group of guys who lift weights. And I was like, ah, I'm really not looking for that. I got I got that. I got hundreds of friends that want to hit the gym with me. I'm not looking for more workout buddies. Uh, but I did take their cards. And um, uh, a little bit later, uh, we had an event, a traveling Christian concert called the Extreme Tour. They were making a stop in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And my friend was like, hey, Yago, they need a special. A block of time filled will you do us a favor and call the conquerors and see if they can come fill that time and i was like yeah no problem i gave mike a call he put me in touch with greg and then greg said uh yeah i got i got some athletes that i can send out uh to that event and i was like athletes what do these guys do (laughs) and so uh, the day came of the concert and and uh, sure enough, Mike came and, and uh, Scott and this girl named Angela, they came and everyone was so excited. They were like, yeah, I go got the Conquerors to come. This is going to be awesome. And I was like, well, what do they do? And I was like, oh, you never seen them? I was like, no, I've never seen them. And they was like, oh, you're going to love this. And sure enough, they, they got up there. They broke baseball bats. They ripped phone books in half. They bent horseshoes and they shamed me because I wasn't able to bend a horseshoe and <laughs> Benson, of course, calls How'd you learn me. that, by the way? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, no, you don't have to go into it. It's detail. so funny. Yeah, you just got to do it. That's, sure. that's how you learn it. You do you it. Just do it. Yeah, it's so tough. And But I was in the crowd, and Mike calls me up in front of the whole, in all of the audience to bend this horseshoe. I couldn't bend it. And so I felt like, okay, of course. Of course I can't bend it. Uh, just wanted to make the biggest guy look look silly. Sure. And so, um, but they did it. They did it, and they... they um, they bent the horseshoe. They did all the feats of strength. But then Mike Benson shared his testimony. Mm-hmm. And his testimony was about how Jesus Christ changed his heart, you know, changed his heart and changed his life. Yeah. And I was like, I was in the middle of experiencing that because at that time, I think I'd been saved probably about three or four months. And when Mike was done, he came out into the audience and he put one hand on my shoulder and he said, man, he's like, I'm not asking you to join our team because of your muscles. I'm asking you to join our team because of your heart. And I was like, okay, I think I might be able to do this. Sure. Uh, if they teach me, if they teach me how to do it. Yeah. And um, and by this time, my wife and I were doing a lot better. We were doing a lot better. And so I, I came home and I was at my mother's mother-in-law's house. And, and I was like, you know, after, you know, I had signed up with the Conquerors, I was like, I, I probably need to look these guys up, you know, check them out online. And when I looked them up online, I knew I had made a severe tactical error because when you hit play on one yeah. of our old uh, promo videos, you mm-hmm. see these guys breaking stacks of concrete. You see 
Greg Molchan smashing stacks of bricks with his head. Blowing up water bottles. Blowing up the water bottle. But the fire, oh my goodness, there's the whole stage is on fire and Mike runs through the fire breaking all of these bricks. And I called my wife into the into the <laughs> computer room. I said, I, I think I made a mistake. <laughs> it's too late now. I done signed up. Sure. That's yeah. wild. Wild. And, and um, yeah, and I appreciate you guys because your, your ministry, um, I know you, you go to many different countries. You said you've yep. been to 38 countries, yep. right? Yep, been to 38 And you're going to be going to Nepal. N- Nepal. Okay. Yep. And you go to elementary schools. Tell me yes. a little bit about how your kids, the kids there receive what you have to tell them. Yep. You, I know you, uh, in public schools, you give the motivational speeches, yep. right? Tell me yep. a little bit about that. Yep. So we do uh, anywhere from 200 to 250 school assemblies a year. And in those school assemblies, we connect the school's vision and message with with uh, our feats of strength. So so we have schools that are like, hey, can you come in and talk about bullying? Can you come in and talk about, you know, we got we got the uh, the M step test coming up. So we want them to give their best effort, you know, career or career uh, planning, goal sure. setting, things like that. So we we connect that by by sharing some of our story and how we've overcome certain pressures and certain difficulties and and we we make it exciting the kids love it the mm-hmm. kids love it sure. and um yeah we've 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 got a long long list of uh principles that that believe in what we do sure and then it's kind of interesting because like mike told me one time uh, i saw him in the hallway and he said he said something that stuck with me he said one thing is for sure is that Feats of strength is a universal language, yep. and everybody understands it, right? So Correct. when you go to other countries, what do they? How do they receive you? I mean, you know, they they see you come, and, and they're receiving the message of the gospel. Tell me a little bit about that. A busted heart is speaks the same language as a busted sure. heart, sure. and so uh, when we go overseas, you know, when I first started on the team. I, I used to wrestle with that, like, how can I make this make sense? You know, how can I, you know, how can I relate and how can I relate? And, you know, you just, you just walk in into a different country and you just see that people are people. They just have different clothes sure. and speak a different language, but people, sure. are, people. people are people. And so uh, we, we use, we, uh, in lang- in nations where we don't speak their language, we have a, an interpreter and things have just always, always worked out because the gospel is the same, no matter That's what. That's right. Yep. That's all, all, yep. Everyone has, has uh, fallen short of the kingdom. That's great. I would like to go into your next ministry. Sure. Which is, very dear to your heart. That's the prison ministry. Oh, I love prison. Tell ministry. me about that if you could. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so um, I've been leading the prison ministry over at the Granville Resurrection Life Church for now three years, mm-hmm. and um, it was three years ago when um, I was asked about it, and I jumped on it. I, I just jumped on it, and the reason why is because, like I said, you know, we'd be here for four hours if I was to tell you about every single crime I've committed, every single fight, every single pill I've sold and done yeah. and cocaine, the whole thing. So anyway, the whole point is when I first went into Kent County Jail, I went in with Greg Mulchon and we were uh, setting up the chairs. And while we were setting up the chairs, I was like, man, this is just it's it's odd that I'm actually willingly walking into a jail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is like this is like superman walking into a kryptonite factory sure and so i but i but while we were setting up i was like greg hey i got a question when you do these kinds of things because it's local 
mm-hmm. you know, the county jails, local. I was like, do you do you ever run into anybody that you used to run the streets with? He's like, no. And then I was like, okay, because I was thinking about it that it could it could it could definitely happen. And if it does, it's probably going to be pretty embarrassing for me because now I'm with this this you know, Greg is a minister, and I don't you know he's going to see get to meet any of my friends in here so i'm like kind of sweating bullets and sure enough as the guys start coming in uh, a, a guy goes hey what's up yago and this is my my buddy uh jose and i walk over to him i'm like hey what's up man i give him a high five i give him a hug i was like man what are you doing in here he's like well you know i got caught up man yeah and he, he explained it re- like really really quickly what happened and yeah. he's like oh it's not gonna be a big deal you know i'm gonna get out of here you know he's like yeah, they got us coming in here to see these preachers and stuff, man. And But what are you in here for? And I was like, well, <laughs> right. we're the preachers. And he was like, really? And so I actually was able to, to use uh, my testimony on just how many things God pulled me out of and just how many different ways Jesus had changed me. And Jose ended up uh, giving his life to the Lord that day. And and it was it was easy for the other guys to be convinced, too, because anytime I would talk about any of these crazy situations where God was, I could just say, hey, you know, my buddy right there, he knows all about it. I'm not I'm not right. making any of this up. Sure. And so that just kind of started uh, uh, a chain reaction. We've been involved with King County for a very long time. Uh, we've done um, prison ministry uh, events with on the starting line with prison fellowship. We do the angel tree or well, no, that's that's uh, the, that's uh, the prison ministry that does that. But, you know, so we travel all over the country doing those kinds of things. But we've been that. But as a team, the conquerors, we've been to prisons in other countries, too. So just being involved in so many different prison and jail uh, house ministries. The moment that they asked me if I wanted to be involved in the, the Granville uh, Resurrection Life Prison Ministry, I, I just jumped on it because I knew how I knew the potential that this this had. You know, mm-hmm. that our, I believe that the prison ministry has the ability to affect every single ministry in the church. Sure. Every single ministry, the men's ministry. Do you have a kid that's locked up? Do you have a wayward son that's in juvie? The women's ministry. Do you have a baby daddy that's locked up? The kids' ministries. Do they do they have a parent that's incarcerated? Mm-hmm. There's no way that there's not somebody that can say yes in each one of those men, each one of those ministries. Mm-hmm. And so, as as a as a as a, a prison ministry team, I believe it's our job to connect every single ministry so that we're working together. God mm-hmm. says that this is the body of Christ. We need mm-hmm. to be working together. Sure. Let's talk about, um, you're very, very passionate, obviously. And you talked to me, you told me um, that Mike had asked you to, to head up the prison ministry. Mm-hmm. And you immediately, yes. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, did you understand it? Did God just gave you that desire? Where'd that come from? Where'd it come from? I'm glad you asked. It was actually prophesied over me when I was in elementary school. Yeah, wow. te- yeah. Teachers told me with an attitude like that, you're going to end up in prison one day. So <laughs> they're right. They're right. They're right. Right. Um, well, in a, in a good way. In a good way. The reason why I jumped on it is because by that time, for the first three or four years of being on the Conquerors, every single time I went into Kent County, I ran into a friend. Hmm. Every single time, and. Um, I always believe that every time I'm doing anything ministry minded, I have the potential to meet the next Billy Graham Mm -hmm. and I will never turn that down. I will never turn that down. We know for sure that when people are locked up, that there's a, there's a grandma, there's an uncle, there's a mentor 
There's a Godfather. There's somebody that's praying that somebody somehow is going to be the deciding factor on whether or not their brother or sister or cousin or whoever that's locked up makes a decision that's going to change the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And the decision, there's no better decision somebody can make than to ask Jesus Christ to be Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. And so when we go in, a whole team feels this way. Every single person on our team feels this way. We, when we're going in there, the time flies. We're not in there watching the clock like, man, I can't believe we got, you know, how long does it take before we get out of here? No, we're in there and we're just having so much joy watching these sinful chains get snapped off of people. Wow. Just get snapped off of people. We're seeing people get uh, emotionally, spiritually healed. Every, uh, it's, just, it's just so much. It's so much that we get to do. And I'm just glad to be any kind of part of it. That's, that's cool. And, and as you were speaking, I was thinking about the people that, it's, it's funny how we put limitations on people. Yeah. Ah, they're too far gone. Of course. They're too, they're too far gone. There's no way. Of course. Realizing, like you said, there's people been praying for them. Absolutely. And sometimes they might be praying for them for 50 years. Absolutely. All of a sudden, just like that. Right. It changed their life. And, right. and it, it's incredible. And we put limitations. I think we as human beings do. We limit God so much. Yeah. And it sounds to me like you're putting, you're looking at that person saying, hey, man, God's got a plan for your life. Yeah. And you're right. He could be the next Billy Graham. Yep. Yeah. You know, one thing that I like to, to God kind of turned this thing upside down. You know how they say that um, one bad apple can spoil the bunch? Yeah. I really believe that one good apple shows you the potential of the entire bunch. Yeah. We got to find that apple. That's good. Real good. Well, you said something also. I was watching one of your videos mm -hmm. yesterday, and um, I think it was done a couple of years ago. I can't remember the name of the church, but it was on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And you said that you like to go deep sea fishing. What do you mean by that? Deep sea fishing. Yeah. So um, in the scripture, uh, Jesus asks Peter to shove off into deep water. Deep water for me means that we're probably going to be catching something that others aren't. Mm -hmm. You know, when we when we when I think about how they they uh, used to fish from the shoreline, they cast their nets from the shoreline into the water and they they pull them and they drag them and they're going to get a certain kind of fish, you know. And and when they even when they go into the uh, when they go into the boat, they're going to be catching certain certain kind of certain type of fish. My uh specificity here is deep sea fishing it, it we're going into deep water we're going into the unknown and the reason why i think it is so important is because if you google it there's at least 23,000 known named species of fish and i believe that jesus needs at least 23,000 different types of bait now I, I believe that every single ministry is important and it should be done absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely if you got a heart for kids Absolutely. You need to be doing that. Me, I would rather slam my head into a stack of bricks than to be involved in the kids ministry. And I got three kids of my own, <laughs> you know, but but when you talk about going into deep sea fishing, see the fish that we're looking for, they got tattoos on their faces. Mm -hmm. You know, this fish that we're searching for, 
They got they got wounded passes. And, and and the fish that we're looking for, they they use profanity when they're describing what what kind of pain that they're in, you know? Yep. And 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 that's okay it's, for us. It's nothing pretty. It's, it's nothing pretty. I don't ask anybody to gift wrap their pain when we're when we're sitting down talking to them, they're giving me their testimony. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you keep on dropping f bombs." No, it's fine, man. I believe God's going to heal that. Mm-hmm. He's going to restore that. I'm not going to sit here and talk to you about about hey, can you can you can you tell me your testimony but just could you clean it up just a little bit because right. you're hurting my religious ears i don't have religious ears right you have the heart of god that's listening to them that's listening right. to their pain listen right? to their heart yeah don't worry about that just just listen to their heart yeah there's a lot of scars there there's a lot of scars wow. there we need wow. we gotta get there we gotta get that's our job and that leads me a little bit to the third part of your your ministry and that's your art oh, a lot yeah. of people don't know about your art but you convey um I will be showing uh, some of the art here. For those of you who are watching, I will be uh, showing some of Iago's art. But you convey some pain in those, too. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your artwork. Yeah. Um, when I gave my life to God, it was more than uh, fire insurance. Like, God, please just save me from hell, that kind of thing. Uh, no, no, no. I, I asked God to change everything. And the first uh, image that I prayed before i started drawing was called forgive me father for i knew not who i served and in that drawing it's a centurion soldier placing his helmet and his sword at the foot of a risen jesus Mm -hmm. and i got the disciples in the back and i got i got some that are rejoicing some one that is upset and angry trying to attack him another guy is holding him back one guy is like just so moved by emotion. He's holding that guy's hand. And um, and I just see myself there because I didn't know that I was not serving God. I didn't know that I, I believe we're all soldiers, but I don't know if we all know what we're called to fight for. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time that I drew anything like that. And I was just... I felt like, man, that was awesome, and I drew it, and I just I needed to get it out of my system. My drawings are just things that that exist in my head, and I just gotta get it out of my system. And I get to the next one, and I drew um, chains of sin, and it's a guy uh, ascending towards a crown of thorns, and all of these chains are just being shattered away from him. And it's just that God's love, His light. His restoration is strong enough to snap any chain. You're not chained to your past anymore. It right. doesn't exist anymore. And so all of those kinds of things are just drawings that they, they mean a lot to me. And when I when I moved here, to, I wanted to be a comic book artist, but my my drawings i i would not i'm not i'm not a superman kind of guy or wolverine kind of guy. i can do those things but it's got to come from the heart and it's got to say something that means something yeah 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 and and they're probably a little too mature for young kids right would that would you say that or no well for some of them for sure not like david and goliath no, everybody no, no, likes that of course but like like the ones that you've seen on instagram probably you know i mean there's a there's a um because the ones i have seen and some of you will see this, that there does seem to be some real, um, there's some, uh, you can see some feelings of loneliness in yes. some of them. Yeah. Like you said, the change, of course, that's a freedom thing. Sure. But uh, there's there's a lot of a lot of pain there, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, and I I would definitely see. Well, I think I think people that are that are responding to it and relating to it have been in these types of situations, right. and I wouldn't expect an eight year old to be like, other than be like, wow, that's 
it looks awesome. Right. I have no idea what the connotation it. of it. Right, exactly. right, right. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Well, I, I love your work. Thank you. I appreciate very, it. Very cool. Appreciate and, it. Uh, and Yago, if there's uh, anything, um, would you have a, a Facebook, of course? Do you have yes. A, do you have a website or anything like that, or do you do? You, would you? Is there any way that if someone needed to contact you through email, mm -hmm. uh, just for advice or whatever, uh, is there anything that uh, contact information? Yeah. Like to leave? The best way, I, I don't do a whole lot on Instagram. When I got a, a, a nice drawing that I'll put up, I'll I'll put something up there. But it's okay. only like once or twice a month that I'll do something there. But mostly Facebook. If okay. somebody wants to contact me, Yago sure. Williams um, on inbox and facebook will okay. will do um but if somebody has an interest in prison ministry i would i definitely love to talk to them because okay. i you know if, if you if you do hang out with me long enough you're going to end up in prison okay <laughs> i see what you're saying <laughs> very cool well thanks so much iago yeah. so appreciate the talk thank um, you i think I've, I've learned a lot and uh i appreciate you sharing your heart with others and uh, one question I do have, uh, as a tradition, we have the Michigan trivia question. And uh, there are three Detroit Tiger Hall of Famers. And um, there is George Kell, Al Kaline, and Ty Cobb. Out of the three, uh, one of them was called a dirty player, but late, years later it found out that he was not a dirty player and he wasn't a racist like they claimed he was. Was that George Kell? Al Kalen or Ty, Ty Cobb? I'm going with who is Ty for the win. Ty Cobb, that's right. <laughs> Ty Cobb, uh, there's a good book about him, as a matter of fact, and they set the record straight that he actually was a nice guy, but they just he was so good. He had mm -hmm. a lifetime average, I think, of like 350 or some some ridiculous average. Wow. And uh, he was he was an amazing ball player, and his speed he he had very very fast. So, but I think they were probably just jealous of him. Maybe I don't know probably. the situation, but. Anyway, hey, thanks so much sure. again, Yago. So appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for joining us. And remember, keep listening and keep learning. I'm Bruce with Input GR. You have a blessed day. Thank you.